Why Fortune 500 leaders use the power of video to grow their personal influence, and how you can do the same, with Kerry Barrett. The Strategic Marketing Show is brought to you by Insights for Professionals, providing access to the latest industry insights from trusted brands, all in a customised, tailored experience. Find out more over at insightsforprofessionals.com. Hey, it's David. Why is it when you look at bios and profiles of Fortune 500 leaders, you often see a video? Today, we're going to be taking a look at what they're doing differently and how you can grow your own personal influence by doing the same. With an award-winning anchor who turned a paralyzing fear of public speaking into a multi-decade career in broadcast journalism for internationally renowned media institutions like NBC, ABC and Fox TV. Now she helps course creators, coaches, companies and individuals break through mindset issues and cultivate their video X factor, or what she calls video IQ. A warm welcome to the Strategic Marketing Show, Kerry Barrett. Thank you for having me. The second time that we've chatted, David, it's a pleasure to see you again. Absolutely. We make a habit of this once every two years. I look forward to the next time. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) Well, you can find Kerry over at kerrybarrett.com. So Kerry, why is being a compelling, effective on-camera communicator so important for senior marketers? You know, it's important for everybody, but I would say especially for senior marketers because the era that we're in, which was exacerbated, of course, over the past three years due to the pandemic and and all of us working remotely, but creating an online brand is the way that you grow your authority, the most effective way to grow your authority, I should say, and it is a way to grow visibility and credibility as well. Video has a much greater ROI than text and static images, which is not to say that those elements are not important when you're putting yourself out there, especially on social. However, the ability to grow a personal brand is much more effectively done when people can put a a personality and a face, and a name, and a voice with your message as well. It's a way to stay top of mind. So you talk about building a personal brand. Many people in this audience would be maybe a senior marketer within a large enterprise and perhaps think, I have no need of growing my own personal brand because I work for a big brand. It's the big brand that I need to market. What's your reaction to that? That they would be wrong. <laughs> and and here's why. And I hate to say it, and I'm not a, you know, always waiting for the other shoe to drop kind of gal. However, I'm always waiting for the other shoe to drop. You should constantly be networking, networking rather, and growing your own authority and visibility. Certainly, you're advocating on behalf of your larger corporation if you're working within one. But if you are silencing yourself, because you have a larger brand that you're advocating for, you're effectively cutting yourself off at the knees. So there's always a need to network. The fact is, most people, there's a few, you know, if I'm going to buy running shoes, I'm buying Nike running shoes. I'm not necessarily buying the salesperson who sells them to me at, at the Nike store. However, for most marketers, coaches, consultants, even C-level executives, the people that they're coming in contact with are, are buying them. They're the ones that are selling the credibility through their own personal brand of the company or business for whom they work or for which they work. And so you're really sort of 
You're being short-sighted if you don't see the value in growing your own personal brand, again, online and you know, th- through all the different stages of your customer's buying journey. There's video not just for social, but for all of those different areas to network and nurture sort of on autopilot. Okay, so you say video not just for social. I mean, I was going to ask you what type of video you're most referring to. I mean, what, what are the most important types of video? Obviously, you can do things like incorporate video as part of your LinkedIn profile now. Many people are appearing on webinars now. Are, are those the key videos that you're thinking of? Is, is there something that I've forgotten there? No, you know, I, I, this is such a good question. And I think a lot of people look at certainly LinkedIn, but other social media platforms as well as sort of the beginning and end of their video marketing strategy or their personal brand marketing strategy, or, or even perhaps their client's marketing strategy. In fact, I was on a, a networking call this morning with the owner of a digital marketing company who said, you know, I need to be doing video. But as a marketer, I don't know how to do it, and I, I don't really know how to tell my clients to do it as well. Video for social is sort of how you open the door to the party that is your business. And then the videos that you use in other parts of your sales funnel or in other parts of your customer's buying journey are the videos that invite them to walk through the door and then walk back to the the food table and the bar and the networking group, and then maybe take a stop at the dance floor as well. So video is certainly, yes, social, but it's also about using video for vlogs, not blogs, and video podcasts, and live streams, and webinars, and landing pages, and video sales letters, which have an outrageous ROI if they're done correctly. There's a whole video ads. There's a whole bunch of ways that you can create an effective brand through video that goes far beyond social. Wow, so many wonderful analogies there. And uh, your phrase, um, video for social, that, um, what was it, leads to the party that is your business or something like that. that yes, <laughs> it, it opens the doors to the opens party the door. that is your business. <laughs> it's, it's where you're inviting people in. I think one of the mistakes that that some make, and this applies not just to businesses, but also to, you know, personal brands or individuals as well, is that they're creating video that's designed to perhaps educate or continue to stay top of mind to the people that are already in their sphere or in their network. But Mm -hmm. done correctly, video should be drawing organically people who are you know, beyond your geographical region or outside of your available work hours to your platform. And that's where they're checking you out. They're sort of doing the sniff test. And then they're going to your website. Is there video there? And then they're maybe they're checking out your tutorials or your vlogs on YouTube. And then they're looking at your video podcast. So it's a whole series of different steps that people take. And if you're, again, stopping and starting at uh, social media, you're cutting yourself off at the knees. But it should be, again, hey, welcome to, you know, Carrie Barrett Incorporated. Now come on in and check things out and and see if there's anything here that you like. And maybe let's talk a little bit. You mentioned a mistake there. I think it'd be good to actually just cover two or three mistakes and then perhaps uh, move over to uh, a few things that people need to improve on or a few positives that um, they need to follow. Uh, So maybe just um, going back to the mistakes initially, um, are there any other uh, mistakes that you see on a regular basis that you'd like to call out? Yeah. When people are putting business video out, we have a tendency, many of us anyway, to get stuck in our own heads and think about 
you know, do we need to look a certain way or sound a certain way? And I know that we've heard this word thrown around ad nauseum for the past three years, truly authenticity. And caveat, authenticity doesn't mean winging it. It doesn't mean making egregious errors and letting them go. Authenticity means that you're not putting on airs or you're not trying to be somebody that you're not. There really is something to the idea that if you are establishing your personal brand, it the word personal is in there for a reason. And it's because you want to attract the people that not only will enjoy working with you, but that you will enjoy working with. So don't be somebody that you're not. Don't be stodgy. Don't, you know, glasses, tie, the whole nine yards, if that's not who you are. And and you need to meet your audience where they are as well. So I guess my first mistake is not being authentic. So uh, it's certainly sensible to and understandable to use more of your personal brand. Um, but um, if you're working for a rather dry, if you can call it that, um, enterprise that um, doesn't want you to show too much personality, where do you draw the line in terms of how much personality to show to demonstrate that you're a real genuine person um, versus a little bit too much for a brand? Yeah, it's such a good question and it's relevant and it varies depending on which sort of industry that you're in. You could be in in PR and marketing working for larger organizations, but still have a little bit more leeway, not only in just the way that you talk about things, but even perhaps in in the way that you dress and carry yourself. If you are working for, you know, an organization within the finance or insurance or investment industry, the way that you speak is different. The regulations are different. There are some very stringent um, requirements in terms of messaging that you have to abide by. And there's no one size fits all. Like I mentioned before, this is an art to some degree, not necessarily a science. So where you can bring in some small moments of personality are by incorporating humor. One of the biggest mistakes that brands make, people make on social platforms, specifically LinkedIn, I see this mistake more often there, is that they create business videos that are often designed with the right intentions, but they're more about stroking the ego of the person who made the product or the service. I always suggest looking a little bit to entertainers because their videos are somewhat professional. They can be professional, but they're also engaging. Your video needs to create an experience for your viewer or for your audience. So again, there's no you know, one size fits all approach, understand your company's marketing, your messaging, maybe even have a conversation with the director of your marketing department and say, how, how much of myself can I show? And then piece it together and see what works. It'll take a little bit of testing. You'll make some mistakes. I guarantee that. But as long as you're not directly pointing people in, in, you know, in the, the wrong direction, you're going to be okay. Okay, so look for entertainers in your yes. organization. So that's a great tip there. Now, in terms of content quality, um, there are still quite a few poor quality videos being produced by big companies that should have big budgets, certainly. And I'm old enough to remember 20 years ago, the first stage of the web, and there were a lot of big brands getting on board and really, in my opinion, 
actually carrying out an exercise in negative publicity by the the shocking poor quality of website that they're producing. And to a certain degree, they're say, doing the same thing with video now by not thinking about audio quality, not thinking about lighting quality and recording quality. Is, is that fair comment or is, is that too much of a, a personal opinion and not necessarily a fact? No, 100%. Again, I do think there is a balance. If you're creating video that's a talking head video, for example, what you may see me doing now or what you're doing now, David, right? Face to camera. There is some rawness, a little bit of scrappiness that can be associated with that type of video, even if it's a thought leadership piece, for example. You know, one of the things that I am loath to see is an individual with a virtual background that has a big logo of their company behind them. Number one, they're on a Mm -hmm. virtual background and they're almost always sloppy. Number two, it's a clear indicator that you are trying to sell something, right? And we've all had enough of that over the past three years. You don't need to shove it down our throats. We get it at the end of the day. That's why you're there. You're selling something, whether it's yourself or a product or a service. But skip all of that and just have the basics of solid video production down. Again, you don't need anything fancy. Truly, all you need is a face, a phone, and a voice. This old Samsung can shoot 8K video. This is broadcast style video. But if you watch video that's shot on a cell phone that doesn't look broadcast quality, it's because the other supporting systems around it are not functioning properly, i.e., the audio is thin or tin, tinny, and the lighting is subpar, meaning that you can't see the speaker's face. Their facial expressions are obscured. Lighting is about, you know, certainly making the shot pretty, but it's pretty with a purpose. It's so that your audience can see your face and look into your eyes and all that other good stuff that creates connection. Absolutely. Um, completely um, understand your thoughts, Re green screening as well, virtual backgrounds as well, because um, there's always that little either green tinge around someone's ears or um, perhaps just um, half of their face actually being obscured because the AI can't make the distinction between them and the background. Exactly. Or they move their hand and half of it's chopped off and it takes a second for the background to fill in. So you actually do see the disaster that's going on behind them, if even if only for a split second. If you have pristine lighting and your corporation insists that you sit in front of a logo, then go for it. But your lighting has to be pristine in order for it to not appear sloppy. And really, at the end of the day, it's about Looking at at your audience, the the lens is your audience's eye, the microphone is your audience's ear, making sure that they can see your face and smiling. It's really that simple. And there's no better case study than yourself. And uh, we're talking about uh, this beforehand and you've just signed a significant annual contract uh, with a corporation that found you through LinkedIn content. So what specifically did they find you through and um, what made the decision for them in terms of to, to, to go with you? Yeah. So this is, I'll give you a little bit of background about this company without naming them. Uh, They're based here in the United States where I am. They're an enormous company, $3 billion in annual revenue. And their CDO, their chief distribution officer, found me on LinkedIn because of a post I did about my dog dying. And it sort of harkens back to what I said about, you know, people are not always coming to you because you're talking business, business, business. Um, He saw a post I did about my my dog dying and my kids were with me and you know we were all sort of sitting around her and and then he followed 
And then he saw the rest of my content, right? He happens to be a dog lover. And that follow turned into a DM on LinkedIn that says, you know, we're interested in working with you. Our team needs some virtual training. Would you be interested in setting up a call? And that one call turned into one-on-one training with him and then nine hours of training with his direct reports and then a keynote for their sales kickoff and breakout sessions and content creation and podcast hosting and additional training and digital programs all told it's a multi-seven-figure deal over the course of one year, and I have it for multiple years. And they f- he found me because of, of a post I made about my dog. Wow! Um, I mean, congratulations, uh, first and foremost, uh, you know, that, on 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 the deal. Obviously, you know that's um, incredible personal content there as well. I guess the kind of content that some people would be wondering whether or not to share. But um, if that's of significant importance to you you know, and something that you're personally passionate about, then you've demonstrated why not. You know, you're, you're, you're show, showing who you are and what your values are. I think that is the power of the personal brand. And I'll, I'll give you a little bit of, of why I believe that, not just from this particular case study. And obviously, if I did posts every day on LinkedIn about my dog, it probably wouldn't go over so well. But if you look back a year or two years, three years ago, you'll see a lot of my videos on LinkedIn. My dog used to sleep right on this couch behind me. And I would do live streams on LinkedIn and she would be there and people would ask about her and I'd bring her up to the camera and, you know, we'd talk a little bit and she's an old girl. I'd snuggle her a little bit. And so she sort of became part of who I was, right? And I I think that that is what created that – certainly what created the connection with him. And it allowed me to show a little bit of myself without being unprofessional or wild and crazy. I think people get a little bit too in their heads when it comes to putting themselves out there. There's going to be times when you create content or video that is going to feel raw or vulnerable or maybe even a little bit – bare and exposed. And that's not, you know, if that doesn't feel okay to you, don't do it. But most people can go further than they're going right now. It's just finding out where that comfort level is, what works specifically with your audience, because even if you're comfortable with it and your audience is not, it doesn't really matter. It's meeting your audience where they are and letting them know just enough about you that they feel like they like know and trust you. I I used to have a coach who would say, nobody is going to buy from you unless they know at least as much about you as you know about your neighbor. What does she like to do? What are her hobbies? How many kids does she have? Those sorts of things. While they're not the foundation of your content, there are things that are woven throughout as you create your stories, as you talk about your expertise. Those are the things that help build a personal brand. A personal brand is not built on business statistics or data or, you know, quotas or even accomplishments or responsibilities. Beautifully explained. Just before we move on to the final question, um, I'd like to give someone else a shout out, actually, and that's um, Larry Kim. Larry Kim founded um, a company called Wordstream and um, sold them a few years ago. Um, But one of the strategies that he came up with and that you reminded me of, actually, um, he calls the inverted unicorn ad targeting strategy. And that's where, for instance, if someone was interested in improving their communication skills, he would also target people that had 
what appeared to be an entirely different interest, nothing to do with um, the core interest. So he would target, for instance, people who are interested in improving their video skills, but also interested in dogs. And then he'd create an ad, an ad that actually had a dog in it, um, talking about these video skills. And that would be hyper um, relevant and interesting to, to, to that type of audience. Absolutely. Video is, it's we're drawn immediately by the eye. Before we hear anything, before we read anything, we're drawn to the eye and the visuals. And so putting a dog in an ad that is targeting someone who loves dogs, most of them are going to stop and at least hit play. They may move on, but you've gotten them to stop, which is, you know, nine tenths of the game. So let's move on from what works now to planning for the future. So in your opinion, what's the biggest marketing trend or challenge for marketers over the coming year? I Listen, it's going to be video. Video has an enormous ROI. It, a lot of people have not quite fully embraced what video can do for them. I will tell you, I don't consider myself a marketer. We had this conversation earlier, David. I consider myself a coach and a trainer and an, and an on-camera expert. But the way that I marketed my business solely through video. Everything that I have achieved in terms of clients, I won't say everything, I do run some ads, but about 95% of it was organic inbound from social media. And if you are not at least beginning to figure out how you can use video to establish credibility, visibility, authority, bring people to you, it's not too long before you're going to get well behind the curve because the space is getting more and more crowded and more and more people are filling it who are comfortable with video. And as we all know, the younger generation is searching for services, even finance and insurance services on YouTube. They're looking for people that can create infotainment, informative, entertaining content that teaches them something and creates a top of mind presence for that particular person or brand. It is will be the biggest challenge, creating it effectively and efficiently and making it compelling, but it also will have the biggest ROI and we'll see it across all platforms more and more. I've been your host, David Bain. You can find Kerry Barrett over at kerrybarrett.com. Kerry, thanks so much for being on the Strategic Marketing Show. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. And thank you for listening. Here at IFP, our goal is simple to connect you with the most relevant information to help solve your business problems all in one place. InsightsforProfessionals.com